was edge of the seat staff on Wednesday night as the Dons fought out a difficult cap replay against Kilmarnock. More than that coming at plus post-match with Derek and Andy Considine. Back with the high of Wednesday came the low of Saturday. A last-minute goal from Billy Mackay saw the Dons lose at home again. We get the thoughts of Derek, Joe and Niall from the Ross County match at Pataudry. Plus a cap semi-final win for the Young Dons. Joe Lewis returns to school all for the AFC Community Trust and his most difficult interview yet. And we also catch up with new Trust Chief Exec Liz Bowie on our aspirations for the charity. It's all coming up on the AFC Donscast on Monday the 24th of February. Welcome to the AFC Dons cast. It's Graham McKay here with your week's Dons News Roundup. A week of two fortunes, we've progressed to the Scottish Cup semi-final but lose out to Ross County in the league. The up and down season continues. So let's rewind to Wednesday night then. It was edge of the seat staff in Ayrshire as the Dons knocked out Kilmarnock in extra time in a thrilling Scottish Cup replay and set up a quarter-final with St Mirren this coming Saturday. Derek McInnes made two changes to the starting lineup from the match against Celtic the weekend before. Both Dylan McGeeach and Craig Pryson came into the starting lineup with Shea Logan dropped to the bench and Funzo Ojo out injured. The Dons had the early possession in the match, but it was Kilmarnock that had the first chance at goal through an Eamon Brophy low drive, which went into the safe hands of Joe Lewis. Not long after, though, Kilmarnock dagged their heels in and had his pen back for a spell with some dot solid defending, albeit without any real chances coming from the home team. Just under 30 minutes into the game, Stephen O'Donnell almost opened the scoring for Kilmarnock after he broke away, but Dylan McGee's challenge prevented any damage. However, towards the end of the first half, Kilmarnock took the lead when El McCraney picked up a crisp cross and his volley went past Lewis to put them ahead. Derek McInnes put everything on the line at the start of the second half with a triple change. Shea Logan, Dean Campbell and Sam Cosgrove came on for Craig Bryson, Dylan McGee and Conor McLennan. It was a bold move and it didn't look as if the change was working out. Kilmarnock had the first chance of the second half in the 63rd minute when Gary Dicker played in Brophy, but Lewis managed to block the shot. Now McGinn had an effort shortly after and bent his shot narrowly wide. With 10 minutes left to go, Brophy had another chance after picking up an O'Donnell cross from the right. And with time running out, Andrew Considine made a glancing head from Now McGinn's right wing free kick and put the shot into the bottom left of the net. We could have won the game in injury time when Sam Cosgrove headed Shea Logan's cross from the right against the top of goal. Into extra time and the Dons took the lead with just two minutes on the clock. Matty Kennedy opening the scoring with the Dons, having picked up a rebound from Brandescu and headed it, it, it in into goal. That led only, lasted only six minutes when Eamon Brophy made it 2-all after scoring from a free kick. With three minutes to go, Kabamba scored for Kilmarnock to make it 3-2 after Mikey Devlin attempted to clear a cross that came in from O'Donnell, which hit Joe Lewis and he claimed the rebound to score from close range. A sucker punch, or was it? Stuart Finlay took Lewis Ferguson down in the box and Nick Walsh awarded the Dons a penalty. That duty went to Sam Cosgrove, who scored comfortably from the spot to make it 3-all. 
and in the final minute, Andrew Considine fired a cross from left, which was turned into our own net by Connor Johnson, an own goal giving the Dons the winner. Just uh, all about the courage of my players, and when you see my players celebrate with our supporters as much as they did, it's so important that we get that that connection, that all, as one support, players, staff, everybody working together to try and provide big moments for us in the season. And uh, we've waited a long time for big moments this season. It's, it's it's been a frustrating season up to now, but hopefully we've lit the fires tonight and we can and go and enjoy um, next week's game against the Man. Fourth, I mean, it's it's just about keeping the ball alive. You know, never, never say die attitude from the boys, which I feel like is the, is the real us. You know, and I've I've just managed to get connection. I just wanted to get a good connection, and if you put it front post and, and low enough, you know, there's every chance you'll get a nick. You know, and then and, and the guy unfortunately puts it in the back of the net. But you know, absolute jubilation from everyone, and a massive, massive relief uh, because it was it was a tough evening. It's a tough surface to play on. Um, but you know, it, all credit goes to boys. Boys were, you know, they didn't stop. They didn't stop, and they, you know, Kamanik are a good team. They are a good team, um, and you know, they, they did have a couple of chances and whatnot. But you know, the bottom line is winning the next round, and uh, we've got something to look forward. Tenman Aberdeen dropped to fourth in the Scottish Premiership after suffering a 2-1 loss to Ross County at a windy Petodri on Saturday, with Dean Campbell sent off with just over half an hour on the clock. After the antics of our Scottish Cup replay midweek in our win against Kilmarnock, it looked as if this had an effect on the squad, let alone the squally wins. Curtis Main and Sam Cosgrove started at front, with Shea Logan back in the starting lineup on the right of a four-man defence. Dean Campbell was with Lewis Ferguson in the central midfield. Matty Kennedy and Dylan McGeoch were dropped to the bench. Craig Bryson is injured again with a groin strain. It was Ross County that had the first chance of goal with Don Cowie putting a low-range effort by the left post. Shortly after, Nam again put a free kick over goal from 25 yards. Dean Campbell received the first of his yellows for blocking Josh Mallon. Sam Cosgrove put a shot across goal from 16 yards shortly after. Ross County's Callum Morris was given a couple yellow for taking down Sam Cosgrove as he pushed forward with the ball. The opening goal came from Aberdeen in a nice routine between McGinn and Campbell. Dean put the ball in from the left and Liam Fontaine failed to deal with the delivery. Cosgrove nodded down the shot to Main, who fired the ball in from close range. It all went wrong in the 32nd minute when Dean was given a second yellow and sent off for not being far enough back at a county free kick. Curtis Main had to fill for Campbell in the middle of the park by dropping back. The Dons had another chance when Cosgrove was stopped by Laidlaw at the edge of the box. Main picked up the ball but fired it over at the second attempt. County equalised just before half-time with Billy Mackay heading Richard Foster's cross beyond Joe Lewis. Into the second half and County should have taken the lead after Scott McKenna played a back pass with Billy Mackay picking up and luckily Joe Lewis was in hand and also denied Erwin with the follow-up. Now McGinn had an attempt shortly after picking up the ball from Lewis Ferguson and fired just beyond the far top corner from the Laidlaw rebound. With 10 minutes left, Joe saved Mellon's shot from the edge of the box. The sucker punch for 10-man Aberdeen came in the 89th minute when Billy Mackay on target again, firing a low shot from left into the far corner of the net. A disappointing end to a disappointing game as Maddowell leapfrog us in the league. We spoke at half-time about um, picking and choosing moments to attack. We still maybe try to carry a threat at the right times, but the most important thing was making sure we get something for the game. Um, it is a long time to go with 10 men. Um, and given the exertions last time um, Ross County played, it was last Saturday, we've had two games since then, and you know, a tough game against the champions last Sunday. We've then played and travelled with the extra time and 
um, down at uh, Kilmarnock. Um, so we had, uh, the last thing we needed was to get to 10 men. Um, and uh, as a learning curve for Dean, he was brilliant midweek and he's doing great. Um, um, but it's uh, it's a really tough sending off. Um, the second one, we, we just, just spoke there. Kilmarnock, the exact same thing. We tried to get a quick free kick and they blocked it. And the referee just had a word and went on with it. You'd think there may be a wee bit of understanding there, a young boy being booked. But we all know whether you're young or old, whether you're Dean's age or whether you're um, coming to the end of your career, that if you've been booked in the first half, you've just got to keep your nose clean and keep out the way the referee. But it's the last thing we needed. Um, you can do it to 10 men. And, uh, you know, with a lot of tired legs out there, with a lot of tired minds, and uh, I'm just gutted we haven't been able to hang on, which would have been a brilliant point for us given the circumstances. Now, disappointing to go down 2-1 to Ross County after the, the highs that we enjoyed on Wednesday night. Yeah, no, hugely frustrating. I think uh, with going down to 10 minutes, never easy. I think, uh, but it was one of those games where we just thought, let's just get the half-time when I'm 1-0. And unfortunately, we couldn't do that. Uh, obviously, when you go down to 10 minutes, it's always going to be difficult. But I thought sort of in the main of the game, it, there obviously wasn't a lot of football play at times. They were very defensive, trying to maybe get us in the counter-attack. But... Uh, no, it's just unfortunate. Obviously, Dino gets sent off. He, he maybe should have just got up, uh, turned his turned his back and just got back into maybe shape as quickly as possible. But I think uh, Vagers was just being cute and smart. He he sort of knew maybe Dino was on a on a, on a booking and obviously put the put the ball down and uh, tried to kick it as quickly as he could. So now all all around, uh, just for very frustrating afternoon. And another game not helped with the weather conditions. The wind. Uh, it's the thing that footballers hate. You don't mind playing in the rain, but the wind just spoils a game, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, surely, but obviously we, we can't make too many excuses. I think uh, us as a group of players, uh, we're obviously against a, a Ross County side who are fighting for their lives, but we, we should be winning them games. And Obviously, uh, yeah, you go down 10 men, but I think if you're playing against maybe a Celtic Rangers or, or a possession-based team, they're maybe going to bombard your goal at times. And I think when they did get chances, it's maybe through the lack of maybe us making mistakes. and. We should uh, obviously defend things better and uh, to, to credit to, to Billy, he's, he's pulled off to two very good finishes and uh, yeah, just for very frustrating night, night uh, day all around but it's one of those ones we've got to enjoy the sort of next few days off rest and recover and look forward to a massive game next week. Next week. Yes, the quarter-final, uh, it probably can't come quick enough now to try and get that game today out of your systems. Yeah, massively. I think after obviously any defeat, you want to look forward to next uh, the next game as quickly as possible. And thankfully, we're still in the cup, and thankfully uh, we've got a massive game next next, next Saturday. So, so, it's a game that sort of can uh, obviously judge the rest of the season. Well, the the league games are obviously running away from us quick and fast, quick and fast. But I think just the frustrating thing for us is that obviously Motherwell doesn't seem to be capitalising too much, and obviously us. Uh, Losing points, so we, we just need to get back to winning ways as quickly as possible in the league and try and sort of open open a gap. Obviously, we need to catch Motherwell first and then open that gap when, when the time comes. But uh, thankfully, we're still in the cup and it's a big game we're looking forward to. And hopefully, we can obviously send the send the fans away happy next week. Nah, thanks a lot. Cheers, thank you. Joe, disappointing after the highs of Wednesday night that we were brought, brought crashing to earth again. Yeah, um, I think there was. I think you can credit the lads in terms of we still wanted to win the game. Um, we still tried to win the game. Um, obviously, your hindsight's a wonderful thing, and and perhaps a point after after Tuesday night um, would have been would have been good. Well, obviously, would have been better than than, than what we got. Um, but we still had the intent to win the game. Um, we still committed bodies, um, but unfortunately, um, just got caught at the end with a bit of a sucker punch, really, which was disappointing. 
where the energy levels understandably are a little bit on the the empty side come on coming towards the end of the game you've played a long time with 10 men uh, having had that 120 <coughs> minutes on Wednesday night I think fatigue is definitely a factor um, a lot of the boys out there did play 120 minutes on uh, on Wednesday night and it's only two days later that we've got, we got this game but um, you know it's, it's, it's diff- you don't want to make excuses and, and I still think today's a game that we should be winning um, and um, I think they keep it to be fair to be made a couple of really good saves um, early on in the, in the second half but um, um, I think the 10 men eventually t- took its toll um, I think it's harsh on Dean I think um, I think a lot of the time, well, more often than not, you see that just a, a, as a as a warning. Um, but uh, the referee decided it was a it was a second yellow, which was disappointing. Well, can't dwell on this. We've got a massive quarter final in the Scottish Cup to come on, on Saturday, but you've got the full week to prepare for the game, and I'm sure. Uh, you know the, the backroom staff will make sure that you get the right balance between, uh, you know, recharging the batteries and preparing properly for the game. Yeah, we know it's going to be a, a tough game. It's a huge game for us on Saturday, um, and you've got to get the balance right between between um, recovery and preparation. So um, we'll make sure we get that. And uh, and like I say, huge game on Saturday. Now um, it was a huge game anyway, but. Um, against the side that have, have, have been difficult for us this season so we need to make sure we're, we're at it and, and uh, we come up with a bit more than we did today Joe, thanks a lot Thank you Catch live audio and video of our next match only on Red TV Subscribe now for full match day coverage replays, highlights and all the goals exclusive interviews and behind the scenes content Sign up now at redtv.afc.co.uk The best of the action only on Red TV the other Scottish Cup replay on Tuesday night St Mirren threw away a three-goal half-time lead before rolling back to beat Motherwell on penalties and clinch a Scottish Cup quarter-final place. John Abika's spot kick ultimately won the shot out, shootout sorry, after an epic encounter and earned Jim Goodwin's side a home tie against Aberdeen. Abika's brace either side of Liam Polwer's leveller and own goal and Sam Foley's strike had St Mirren in control but Tony Watt and Rolando Ahrens reignited the tie before Alan Campbell's cross deflected into level. Neither side could find a winner in the final 16 minutes of the 90 or an extra time and only one of the first five penalties was converted but after Abika rolled in St Mirren's fifth attempt from the spot to make it 3-2 Jermaine Hilton missed for Motherwell to put the visitors through. In the Scottish uh, Premiership on Saturday, Motherwell moved up to third place with a 0-0 draw at Hamilton Aki's despite playing the best part of an hour with 10 men. Livingston stayed just ahead of Hibbs after a 1-0 draw at Easter Road. On Sunday, Rangers dropped points for the fourth time in seven Premiership matches as they were held to a draw by St Johnston. Callum Hendry fired the hosts in front early on before substitute Florian Camberry turned the game for Rangers. The Swiss came on at half-time and volleyed in before setting up Joe Aribo. But when Rangers failed to deal with a corner, St Johnston striker Stevie May tapped home. And Celtic recovered from losing an early Kilmarnock goal to win 3-1 and marched 12 points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership. Two first-half goals from Michael Ruth were good enough to see Barry Robson's under-18s get the better of Rangers and win their way through the final to the final of the SFA Youth Cup, where they'll meet Kilmarnock. Aberdeen women opened their account in the SWPL2 this season with a 1-0 draw also against Kilmarnock at Cormac Park on Sunday. Ailey Shore's 88th-minute goal cancelled out Ponton's 84th-minute opener for the visitors. 
A new AFC Community Trust Chief Executive Liz Bowie took some time out to talk to us about her aspirations for the Trust on the, and on the outstanding work already undertaken in the community. Liz, week two. Yeah. How's it been so far? It's been great. I'm very lucky. Got a fantastic team around me. So um, I'm just listening to them all, soaking it all up and enjoying their enthusiasm. And that's, uh, I suppose, one of the things that always astonishes me is just how far the tentacles of the community trust spread because they're involved in so much. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that um, I've had my eyes open to, that it's not just football. Clearly, we're doing amazing things with football in the schools, but it's the range of areas that we touch from dementia to feeding the children before and after school and it is amazing the different range of areas that we're involved in. And in such a relatively short period of time already the Community Trust has notched up so many different successes on, on different fronts which Abs is fantastic. Absolutely, to be sitting coming into an organisation like this that has won the UEFA award and we're enjoying um, using that this year in the nicest possible way, talking to people about the credibility of the trust through awards like UEFA, it, it's astonishing. And to do that in its first five years, testament to the team and to the community and to the club in supporting us. And all of that was achieved prior to getting your own facilities as part of Cormac Park, which uh, I know you're, at the moment you're in between, like most of us are, between yeah. Pittori and Cormac Park. Yeah. That, that just opens up so many new avenues. Oh, it's well. an astonishing facility. And, and I think for children in the community getting to come in and experience that, having the first team doing their training nearby. So the opportunities for us to grow and engage using that facility are enormous. Yeah. And I know that the Trust is responsible for converting youngsters, for instance, into Aberdeen fans, which is another long-term thing because young, young fans are the, the fans of the, the future. Yeah, I mean, that's really exciting. The more young people we can get involved and to have them coming from that age and see them progress through the club over the years is, is going to be fantastic. And I think we've spoken about before the analogy between an alum of a university to an alum of a football institution. It's the same thing, a lifelong relationship with the club. And I suppose in your previous occupation, the fact that Aberdeen University has a global alumni is very similar as well because because of oil, because of the two universities in Aberdeen, Aberdeen fans are just every corner of the, the world. Absolutely, and, and we want to reach out to all of our Aberdeen alumni across the world. So let's get them in touch, let's get them involved and hopefully our alumni supporters across the world will be able to talk about what we're doing in the North East and we'll be able to share those experiences more widely and, and hopefully that helps even more people than we already have in the North East of Scotland. Have you set yourself any objectives or is it still just about learning and uh, taking it all in because there is so much to, to learn about? Um, I think for me, the first few months is about listening to people. I, my approach to my work is collaborative, so I want to hear what my team are doing. I want to hear what our stakeholders think of that. What different things could we be doing? Um, how more effectively could we deliver? And also look at best practice elsewhere. Um, I'm going to a conference very soon um, over in Holland where there'll be some of the top, you know, um, 
top football um, clubs from around the world. Exactly. Um, So I I really want to listen to them as well. I think we've got things that we can share and they can learn from us, but equally the other way. So yeah, I suppose to sum up, it's a learning process to begin with. But my ambition would be to take what we're doing here in the northeast of Scotland and to be able to take that more globally um, and hopefully, as I say, help more people through things that we've learnt here. And you mentioned about the, the team, the, the people within the Trust, uh, highly respected, well regarded throughout. Uh, they are, from day one before I started, I have been so impressed by what is quite a young team, but they, and a lot of them have been there from the beginning, but they're so enthusiastic, they're so passionate, and if you're lucky enough to have a team like that around you, then success will follow, for sure. And of course it does help, and the football team is doing well as well, because at the end of the day we mentioned it's the Community Trust, but it's Aberdeen Football Club Community Trust, so there is that very close relationship. I think, you know, when the football club's doing well, everybody's up. Across the city, everybody's up. And the kids and vulnerable adults that we're helping and those on the dementia programmes, they all get a buzz from it. So, yeah, we want, we want the Dons to do well and, and the Community Trust wants to support the club in any way we can. We recognise the Community Trust with the Best Professional Club in the Community Award, the first ever club to win that, and then... This weekend, the game against Ross County is recognising that and increasing awareness for the Community Trust. It's really exciting and and for me personally to come in at a point when we've got that accolade is tremendous. So we would really, really love to see as many people in the community come and join us when we hopefully will beat Ross County. But the day itself will be a day of celebration, a day emphasising what we do, thanking everybody for supporting us and hopefully everybody having a bit of fun hopefully in the sun as well. And, uh, and of course, the awareness is, you can never take awareness for, for granted. There must be people out there that are still not aware of exactly what the Community Trust is all about. And I think that's really important. We ask for support, but support in its widest sense. And we would ask that everybody that comes talks about the work and becomes advocates for the Trust and really encourages people that don't know that much about us to engage with us going forward. I'm sure we'll be speaking fairly regularly as you get to learn all about the Community Trust. I would love to be speaking more and more to you and to the community and letting people know what we're doing and the impact of their support. All the very best. Thank you so much. Thank you. And ahead of the Community Trust Day on Saturday, Joe Lewis visited Crombie School, spending time in the classroom and also facing the toughest interview yet when he was faced questions from the pupils. It's um, great to see the kids and obviously get as many many kids down at the, at the ground as possible for Community Trust Day. Um, hopefully we can put in a good performance for them and, and, and hopefully get the lads, uh, the, the boys and girls hooked at a young age so they can come back. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of the, the Community Trust and, and everything that they do. So um, and this is a small part of it, you know, giving tickets away to... To, to young kids to come and watch the, watch the football and, um, and hopefully they can, they can bring their parents and then they make a, fa- a family day of it as well and, and uh, like I say we can give them an enjoyable day and hopefully a, a win from our point of view to, to, to get them back coming back as well. Yeah. I've met the other 
Yeah. 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 Five and six-year-olds. No, a few, a few come prepared with their gloves and their, and their shirts and stuff like that. So, uh, no, it's great. You know, it's um, anything that the football club can do with the with the community trust uh, and, and about the, the local community is, is brilliant. And and I say a lot of the kids here will um, look up to the footballers and, and aspire to be footballers. And, and if we can show good examples and, and be role models for them, then then, then that's fantastic. So we have a Scottish Cup semi-final to look forward to this Saturday against St Mirren in Paisley. Kickoff is a late one, 7.20pm, and the match will also be shown live on the BBC Scotland channel. Tickets for the match went on sale this morning for those with 250 or more priority points. There's only 400 tickets left now, though. Phase 3 opens tomorrow morning from 8am online and 9.30am on the phone and ticket office for those with more than 200 priority points and Phase 4 goes live from 1pm tomorrow for those with more than 150 priority points. Should tickets remain, and that looks doubtful at the moment, beyond the 150 points, further phasing will be announced. Ticket prices are £20 for adults, over 65 disabled and student tickets are £15, under-18s are 10 and under-12s are a fiver. Uh, tickets for our home match against Hibs on Saturday the 7th of March are on sale now. Kickoff is at 3pm. You can order your tickets for both those matches online at afc.co.uk forward slash e-tickets from the Pataudry Ticket Office or by calling 01224 63 and just before I go, Ali Beg is launching his Beg to Differ podcast shortly and you'll be able to listen in direct via the AFC Donscast website. We'll have more information when it will be available soon. And from one podcast, I'm back to ours and I'll be back at the normal time next week with the AFC Donscast from 8pm on Tuesday. Till next week's, thanks for listening and stand free. That's all for this week. More Aberdeen news next Tuesday evening from 8.